This podcast is an extension of our dramedy pilot, Bags, currently available on Vimeo. the first episode of the Bag Behavior Podcast. You're in for a journey with the brand co-founders, Kadian and Michelle, who sit down to recount their recent trip to West Africa. Yeah, yeah. I was enjoying, I was enjoying it. it. I could tell I could you tell were a little, little like... like why we just why walk, we just under, walk this under this pigeon? pigeon. <laughs> for real, no. First of all, it was a chicken. Uh, and I was pissed. I was so... I'm your host, Kadian. Okay. Been in Los Angeles for four years. Pew. Drove to Los Angeles from Jersey. Mmm. Cross country thing. (laughs) And I have been making a way for myself as an actress and a writer. I've produced a pilot that was just released last fall, Bags, which you're going to hear me talk about. I am an auntie of three, a Taurus, a Libra, and an Aquarius. <laughs> Those are my babies. And I'm a brand marketer. And when I say I'm a brand marketer, ain't no Ricky Dink little brands over here. Never that, first of all. I have worked for Shadow and Act, which is the one that I love to highlight because um, Black entertainment is is what I care most about it's what i'm most interested in and one of the main reasons i didn't want to work for shadow and act anymore is because i wanted to be the people i was writing about i've marked and let's not skim over the fact that you built shadow and act social presence like you started it at at a very at the bare minimum you started it you started a lot of things over there first of all but yes quite literally was the first post of their instagram was me (laughs) So finally, we came to the realization like, hey, you're putting all this effort into these huge, huge um, campaigns and brands. And what about you and the things that you care about and like the ideas that you have? That's why uh, I'm most excited about this brand is because I know that I am able to build and now I'm building on something that was my idea. Michelle, who is you? Oh my goodness. (laughs) I don't even be talking about myself. Michelle, first of all, first of all. (laughs) Are those lies? (laughs) At least let me get into our relationship of how we met each other because that will lead you into introducing yourself. Okay, sure. So we met working at Blavity. Was a startup at the time. (laughs) And Michelle was on the business development side, um, selling campaigns and partnerships. And I was on the social marketing side, executing the campaigns and partnerships 
And um, mm-hmm. that's where we became a very, very close <laughs> match, bond, friendship. She is a Scorpio. I am a Taurus. She's my sister's sign and my sister for real. And mm-hmm. Michelle, how much money? All right, you don't got to give these people numbers, but Michelle, tell them about the money you be making for these, for these brands. Okay, <laughs> I do. So they do call me, what do they call me? The media money making mogul something along those lines you know what i'm saying um i've made millions of dollars for other people other brands period and uh i have been the best in my lane for a a, quite a bit of time especially i had a good good run when i was at blavity uh before i stepped away so yes i can brag about my ability to sell some shit can we cuss? <laughs> this is our podcast. <laughs> okay, you're right. Is, we make the rules here. Okay. So, yes, I'm good at that. I think um, one of my mentors, and I don't even think he knows that I consider him a mentor, but Marcus, he, I won't say his last name, but he once said that sales is like a cross between like strategy and psychology or something like that. And I was like, ooh. That makes a lot of sense. Mm. Because I am a Scorpio and just my nature in general, I dive deep. I love to dive deep into people's psychology, into the human experience. My human experience, I'm very intuitive. I'm always, you know, trying to figure out what's going on within me and what I'm feeling and my emotions and my Mm -hmm. thought patterns and my process. Um, And then I'm also, you know, interested in those thoughts and processes of my friends and my family so i'm a scorpio like i said i'm a money bags grave digger (laughs) i uh am an interior designer i have had the pleasure of designing um, and being a part of some incredible high-end projects as well as um, some commercial spaces i what I designed Blavity's uh, monetization suite back in the day. It's hard for me to talk about myself. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I feel like I do a lot of great things and people hype me up, but I just like to live in those moments and then I just kind of move forward. So Michelle's real private, y'all. She's I am also private. very private. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I feel like I'm just getting to know Michelle and I've known you for like four years. <laughs> Absolutely. There's layers. There's layers. And I'm trying to be more open, honestly. That is another mood, is that we're harvesting, we're abundantly living, but at the same time, let's open up some more and let's share. Mm -hmm. So I am also uh, building a, paying more attention to my personal brand as well. And so in that, I believe is going to come a lot of success. So to be continued. To be continued. We're going from living to thriving, okay? We are on that journey. Ain't nobody going to stop us. So, now that you know who you're rocking with, yes, let's get into this bag behavior. Michelle, what season are you in? What is your true mood? Hmm. I definitely feel like I am in a season of harvest. I have been non-stop working extremely hard for probably the past 10 years like ever since I graduated from high school I've been on it my dad has seen this and he's told me so many countless times he's such a sweetheart 
um, you know, I'm really proud of you. Like you have really been putting in that work. You've made sacrifices and you deserve. He's always saying like, you deserve it. You deserve a new car now. Now. <laughs> You deserve a puppy. Go ahead and get it. Go ahead and get that damn puppy. Get you a little chihuahua. I want my dang chihuahua. Um, And so I definitely feel like, yeah, I'm in a season of harvest and it's deserved and I'm excited about it. I feel this electrifying energy all over me. And um, definitely we're going to get into this more, I know. But um, after our trip to Africa, I think it really just amplified this message for me. And yeah, we'll we'll talk more. Girl, after Africa, it made it helped me to really create a vision for what I want to see mm. for myself in the next five to ten years. And I don't think I really had a clear sight of that before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we definitely will get into it. But I can get into my true mood, which is definitely starting to get some familiar memories of feeling really antsy Mm -hmm. in my role um so i do work for a really huge tech company yes um maybe the biggest so figure it out (laughs) and it's definitely extremely demanding socially and working from home takes a lot out of the opportunity to explore and be creative in the sunny Los Angeles so it's like when we were working in the office that was one thing they had little events and the free dinners and xyz and so you know you had a little bit and you were out of the house so then you would continue to be out of the house but like the way that you feel confined to these four walls of your own home with working from home is getting me real antsy I'm starting to remember um that leaps are to be taken you know what I'm saying risks are meant to be taken And I'm really considering when and how I want to move forward and continue to lean into my acting career because I too feel electrified. I did get hit up even today by an actual legitimate production company, slid in my DMs. Okay. And so I see that people are seeing me and I need to see me too. So, um... Yeah, I'm in a season of being ready to transition, and it's definitely intimidating, but I feel like I've successfully built and have really, really, really strong people around me in Los Angeles that I didn't necessarily have a few years ago, and now I feel much more comfortable in my position to lean into my creative career. So a little bit anxious and antsy right now, but definitely still feeling like that's a good thing because on the other side of that is definitely abundance and living out the dreams that I do have. Ashe. Okay. Before we get into these questions, I would like to know if you want to highlight anything that you're working on right now that you want the people to know about. Yeah, so like I said, I am building or being more intentional about my personal brand um when you hear this podcast actually michelleburney.com will be launched pew pew talk to (laughs) you heard it here first (laughs) so i'm really excited about that um i am to be launching some services and some digital products under my name and i'm 
with the intention that they are going to be very valuable mm. to the people that, um, you know, it makes sense for, it calls. And yeah, I'm super excited about that. Um, other than that, I'm really just living this life. I am enjoying my space and I am hoping to um, attract a dang puppy and a new car. <laughs> Not so, attract a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> These are the things at the top of my head. That's all I'm saying. Michellebernie.com, and then some lifestyle changes. Okay, I love that. So then let's get into these questions then. Go crazy then. Go crazy. First of all, let's be very clear. Rep your city, your occupation, and the next country you want to travel to. Okay, so I am from LA. Mm. It's debatable to some people. (laughs) But this ain't your podcast. So I'm from LA and um, currently an interior designer and a consultant. And what was the third one? Oh, the next African country I want to visit? Not African. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Any well, country. Speak that. Speak that. <laughs> Period. Um, okay. In general, I really would love to go to someplace in uh, South America, to mm-hmm. be honest. Maybe Cuba. Colombia, something like that. So, Michelle and I went to West Africa this December. I want Michelle to get into her experiences and what has changed within her after going to Ghana mm-hmm. and Togo. Mm-hmm. So, Michelle, what were you afraid of? What was your family and friends' reaction when they heard about this trip? So, I personally wasn't afraid of anything. My family, yes, they were, especially my dad, and then close second, my mom. They had their own prejudice, prejudices against towards Africa, right, in general. Um, they've never been to the continent. Um, a lot of people, I would say maybe only one person actually in my family has been to the continent other than me. So you mentioned prejudices that you didn't necessarily hold, I'm guessing, but your family did hold those. So absolutely. Do you have any examples of prejudices? Cause I'm sure there are other people that may have those as well. Mm-hmm. I think for my parents who were born in the sixties, especially my dad, very all-American type. He, when he thinks of Africa, he just thinks like, you know, tribe, tribal war still possibly. Um, (laughs) You know, military uh, busting you down for whatever, no reason actually, you know, and um, also scammers, you know. He's like, oh my God, don't get scammed. Like these types of things, just like very, it's hard for me to even think of, examples because I have um I've been around and I've had friendships and relationships with so many well not so many but many African people those first generation and second generation and so it's even hard for me to think like examples of you know what my dad could be you know harboring yeah Mm -hmm. and afraid of you know especially in regards to me so it's just like I don't know, trying to make him feel comfortable. Like, no, it's all good. I'm going with an incredible group of people. Mm-hmm. And I have a friend coming with me. So it's going to be okay. 
Exactly. Um, it's funny. So a little bit of background on me quickly. My mother is from Jamaica. My father is from Ghana. My dad was definitely okay with me going to Ghana. Um, my mother in general was in tears. <laughs> and that's the thing that that's exactly why I want to have this podcast because I'm realizing like Western mentalities that have been imposed on us make people think that black is bad make people think that africa is bad even when you are black and you are african so one of the prejudices that i know someone in my family had or some of multiple family members had was definitely um african spirituality voodoo um being in places where people might you know do certain things to you that are dangerous evil demonic you know because of just mm -hmm. the the religious practices that happen on the continent um and that was the one thing that was seeded from my family members that made me feel nervous mm -hmm. about going to certain spaces in west africa but we did go mm -hmm. and I definitely completely changed my mind. Um, first of all, slavery was successful. Mm -hmm. The colonizers won the first round. Mm -hmm. And so they have convinced millions of us that indigenous practices, African spirituality, natural, what's natural and traditional to people in specifically West Africa is bad, evil, demonic, and should be condemned and that is not the case yes so but you did well i, I feel did. like in uh because you're talking about uh togoville yeah girl <laughs> yeah i was enjoying it i could tell you were a little like mm, why we just walk under this pigeon <laughs> for real though first of all i was a chicken oh. and i was pissed <laughs> i was so peed owed because I didn't know when we had hopped on the boat, y'all, we was taking boats, we was taking all types of transportation. It was gorgeous. When we hopped on that boat, I didn't know y'all, they, they were taking me to um, a, like a, a, a whole village that practiced voodoo. Well, it wasn't the whole village. But it was a like, well, like a, they two practice religions, uh, Catholicism. Christian. Oh yeah, that's true. And uh, voodoo. Yeah. And we went to the church and then we went to sacred spaces for trees yeah exactly um yeah. where people practice different um mm -hmm. rituals or what have you no one was there when we went um but we walked through and as i continued to walk through my tension began to ease as i was you know continuing to be unharmed, right. seeing people speak to me, you know, seeing mm -hmm. friendly people, just, just, just regular human beings, you know what I'm saying? And understanding that this is just something that they've been practicing for years. This is something that works for them. This is something they believe in. And I have to respect that. And it doesn't mean just cause, um, I I'm in the same presence as somebody who believes in something different. I have to be afraid or think that something bad is going to happen to me. Cause that's how extreme the, mindset is around a lot of african spirituality mm -hmm. like i don't think people necessarily think if you sit next to a christian like they're gonna do something that's gonna 
you know, potentially harm you just from being in the same area as them. But there's a lot of extreme assumptions about what will happen if you're with um, people that practice African, certain African spiritualities. And I still have a lot to learn uh, in that regard, but I definitely feel very relieved and grateful that those prejudices that other people in my life carried uh, are no longer my burden. One of the things I was really excited to learn about when we were uh, in Togoville was how the flag, there's like, if you see a house that has a white flag raised, then you know, that's an indication that it's a voodoo worshiping house or Mm -hmm. like a voodoo house. And in that case, when you see that, they don't, you're not supposed to walk in that person's home without being invited. Mm. and because if you do like something whatever whatever i don't know i don't remember the explanation but like i was like that's good to know okay bet <laughs> heard you heard you loud and clear <laughs> not to mention when we did go to togoville we got carried out of boats that was so fun <laughs> until they asked for tips because i had no <laughs> cash if i did have cash i had like small bills yeah i definitely um did tip but it was like <laughs> it was super um welcoming yes. to feel like people were so excited for you to be there where are you going let me get you to the land quite literally you know so i feel like that also all all the things that i had to see for myself and feel for myself you don't know a vibe until you're in that moment you know and and for it sure. really changed me yeah I really felt like that when they gave us the um, fresh coconuts at the end. Oh yeah, you didn't oh, have yeah. you didn't have some. I don't really. I never had a fresh coconut before. Oh wow! I know. I just it was really good, and I think I don't. I used to like. Oh yeah, no, I don't do coconut water because of the coconut water in the, you know, like a bottle that you'll buy at the supermarket mm-hmm. here in the U.S. is disgusting, but it tastes nothing like that fresh like from the fresh coconut itself it it just tastes like water straight up but just like fresh ass water so but anyways yeah when they did that for us and just like chopped them up real quick Mm -hmm. and teaching me how to eat like the flesh inside Mm -hmm. i was like wow this is cool and it was pitch black it was the dark of night i had a little flashlight i used my flashlight to help them not machete their fingers (laughs) right which they probably wouldn't have even done because of the moonlight you know mm-hmm. and they're they're and the used fact to that, that they usually don't have flashlights yeah yeah they're used to it and it was beautiful and i was so happy i think that was the first african night honestly where i looked up and saw the stars and like i was telling my friend how before i went to africa i was like i really hope that the skies are super clear because i feel like in la i just don't see stars no so i was like i really hope to see beautiful starry nights in um in africa and that was the first time and we were on a boat and so it was tranquil i did forget to put on my um my what you call it um your bug spray yes because i got bitten up that night i think i got one on my face i was like dang i didn't know we was gonna be on a boat that's at night i didn't know the whole (laughs) itinerary I didn't know the whole no, no itinerary. I'm not gonna hold that. you. I would have came prepared. <laughs> I thought we were getting spaghetti. <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally. And so, but yeah, other than that, that was that was great. I'm glad we. I'm really happy we went to Togoville. I'm really happy as well. I'm very. That was what 
changed honestly my life mm -hmm. and yes i saw those stars as well it was absolutely magical mm -hmm. life so what changes did it spark in you after traveling to west africa mm. well first of all one of the biggest lessons that i learned from my trip in west africa um was patience <laughs> and i've always felt like i was a patient person mm -hmm. and i but i feel like in africa i was tested mm -hmm. and oh was i tested patience is a virtue oh my goodness every corner in in west africa it was like yes yeah, slow down rest mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. reset take a moment sit down you know just constantly until the point where i was like you know what all right bet i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna rest i'm going to just you know be present and so i thank west africa very much for um instilling in me an awareness in regards to patience and also teaching me how to rest and to rest effectively and um yeah gratefully because that's a privilege and that we should all should take on a daily basis but anyways so that was my biggest lesson how it changed me the experience traveling to west africa i had a ancestral reading by adiola shout out to adiola hey um she is amazing and essentially it was a was it yeah it was a tarot card reading but um she's like kind of like a medium as well i believe and so that aspect was new to me in regards to tarot um where essentially she's connecting with my ancestors with the help of the tarot cards to give me a message and the message was just so on point mm -hmm. and so clear mm -hmm. and it was a, it was a light loving like ancestral dragging like they dragged the shit out of me and i was just like yo and i was getting emotional during mm -hmm. it because i was like there's no way adiola would know that i was feeling like this because i haven't even told other people that i was feeling like this um and essentially just spark notes is that my ancestors were trying to tell me to stop hiding stop hiding from myself and stop hiding from the world because the universe needs me my particular gifts are needed and um, stop being afraid of becoming everything i know i'm capable of becoming and just all that type of those types of things amongst some personal other things and so i was just like yo this is crazy but i'm a thug so i didn't shed a tear but i wanted to wow you should have shed your tears i should have but you know i just i thugged it out I, I had to do what i had to do i still received the message mm -hmm. and then i yes when i left the room with her i went into my room and i started crying <laughs> <laughs> in the privacy of my own room scorpio mood okay i need my privacy <laughs> i'm gonna break down but i'm gonna head out first i'm gonna head out first y'all can't see this part um but yeah that that changed me and so leaving africa with that experience was like you know what i just got dragged for some shit that i have been feeling internally for a minute like i have been feeling like i'm hiding in many different ways and so i was like you know what enough of that 
whether it be baby steps that I take or big giant leaps, like this year when I touched down, not even when I touched down U.S. soil, but even before that, I was like, I'm literally going to do me, but I'm going to do me loudly and proudly and, you know, with so much light. So, yeah, that that's how West Africa, that trip changed me. Girl. And you voluntarily signed up for that ancestral lashing. <laughs> and I felt like I was still in a place where I was super conservative when it came to opening myself up to other mediums or other portals essentially but i feel like the ancestors still had something to say mm. they're like well regardless of if you're gonna sit down with adiola or whomever <laughs> yeah we're gonna tell you about yourself and i mm. feel like i was i was opened up to a lot of um ideas about who i really am and i definitely feel like i got the this is who you are and this is what you're capable of memo mm. and, and and here's your confirmation mm. Girl, you saw the text message I was sending you. I was, I was, yeah. You were wild. You were wilding. You was on fire. Is that what we said? I was on fire because um, Togo is a Taurus, I was told. (laughs) And also Mars was in Taurus at the time that we were there. Hmm. And so there's just a lot happening in the stars that. The cosmos. Yes, that really electrified and ignited somebody like me. I felt like my throat chakra was open. Mm -hmm. I was running my mouth. I mean, Mm -hmm. I can talk. My mouth was running. Mm -hmm. And when we went out, girl, I was dancing, dancing. (laughs) You were dancing. The whole night. And it was so fun because the thing about being in a place like West Africa is like there's no real way to describe the feeling you really do have to touch ground but partying there is like a whole different vibe I felt like in the U.S. I have a tough time catching the vibe sometimes the energy around me is not good sometimes the music's not good but there in Africa, oh my God, I was so excited to be there, mm-hmm. and I was, I was, I was really, honestly, needing to calm down. Mm. <laughs> Lol. <'Cause> we, <laughs> I haven't acted like that in so long, but I, I was really grateful for that, and reminded me of, of um, how much is inside of me, mm-hmm. uh, and to just let that live and let that be free. Sometimes let that flow. So I was really happy about that. Yes. I know that you said that you really, really loved the night under the stars in Togoville. Mm -hmm. Do you have another memory that you want to share with us? Your greatest memory Mm. from West Africa? My greatest memory. So Avery, um, the waterfall there. On the hike up after the waterfall, after we played there, I was in a very good mood and there was this tree I saw that I really liked. And I was like, oh, take a picture of me and make sure you get all of this, the sun, the tree, okay, the landscape. (laughs) I want all of this. And I was just feeling so good. I had my rock in my hand because I collect rocks and I had this river rock, kind of like slate, actually, that I picked up. And um, so I was holding that and I kneeled down and I was just like soaking up that sun and asked you to take the picture of me because I just felt really good in that moment. And then looking back at the picture that day, I noticed like, oh, snap, there's a blue orb 
here. Mm-hmm. And to me, that I believe that that does signify um, an angel or a close relative who's passed, who's with me in that moment, um, taking this photo with me. And they wanted to be in it and they wanted me to know that I am never alone and, you know, always guided and always protected and supported. And so in that moment, it just felt so nice. I was like, wow, like Ghana is home. Girl. Ghana is home. Because there's so much magic that happens. I feel like West Africa is very alive. And then when you come to the U.S., it's like you go back to sleep. Mm. Literally. Like all those, 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 spiritual spiritually moving things that you feel inside your body Hmm. they don't really happen here i don't know i kind of disagree so even as we talk now we're in my living room and i first of all i love this place because there's really big windows in here on two of the main walls Mm -hmm. and when we're looking out of these windows we see trees Mm -hmm. and there's a few trees in this uh like garden area um outside of my door and so a lot of different animals forage here and one of them being or two of them being butterflies and hummingbirds and hummingbirds are very spiritual Mm -hmm. um birds they actually if you have a garden or a backyard that's full of fruit trees and different things for them to pollinate. If your energy in the home is not um, healthy, the spiritual energy in the home is not healthy, they won't come to your backyard and do what they do best um, because they're said to be that close to the spiritual realm. Mm. And so, but hummingbirds love this area. I mean, every day you'll see them doing their thing, but as I've been back home, like they're getting, they're trying to get my attention. Like they'll come up, they'll jump up right here in front of the window and like just like hover there. Wow. And then like scurry away and I'll be on my phone doing whatever, Instagram maybe. And then like they'll do something quick again, like very abnormal to get mm-hmm. my attention. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, and so I looked it up one day and I was like, yo, these are also divine messages that I'm receiving, mm-hmm. you know, even here back in, you know. <laughs> The U.S., America, KKK. And, um, but you know what? I feel like spirit doesn't live in one place, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And if you're a very spiritual person and um, you live at a very high frequency, then you can find and you will find and you will receive these beautiful messages wherever. However, though, yes, like in West Africa, it's a whole different um vibe because that's our ancestral home Mm -hmm, you know that's mm -hmm. our true home and just like a native person would probably feel super connected to native to america Mm -hmm. we feel the same way when we're back on you know african soil so i understand what you're saying but i Mm -hmm. would say i still do to this day receive those messages in in a very abundant way Mm -hmm. okay that makes sense i definitely hear you on that i feel like i ain't seen no hummingbirds since (laughs) But hey, you do you know live what? in Koreatown. I live in Koreatown. <laughs> Ain't a tree. Oh, you have some trees on that street, actually. Yeah, it's it's something, but it's all good. I will be back to experience um, more of what West Africa has to offer very soon because I did mm-hmm. feel very inspired to eventually move there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd much rather be there majority of the time and then come here for the work because first of all cost of living is like split 
like so 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 much if you have a high paying job right right well you can like i said i'm an entertainer so i would do projects here and then Mm -hmm. my cost of living there would just be so much lower right right i hear you i don't think that i'm not sure about working there i really don't know about industries that well at this point but hopefully i can continue to network um i remember we did meet one of my cousins like i didn't know these people these people are strangers to me Mm -hmm. and we met one of my cousins who works in marketing and i know some people are like why don't you get into acting in africa and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so i'm like we'll see i really have no idea where to start on that and i definitely do feel like i'm 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 taking leaps here so but eventually i'm definitely open to um spending time there and maybe making money there Mm mm-hmm Michelle, why do you think it's important for the Black American community to get to West Africa, specifically West Africa? Mm-hmm. Um, I think on a surface level, it's important to be in a country, in a city, in a region where the majority of the people look like you. Mm. Because we have been placed here, kidnapped from our home, kidnapped. our ancestors More than kidnapped, were kidnapped girl. from their homes and brought here to the U.S. specifically. Um, we they robbed us of that feeling and that uh, sense of community. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and identity, identity, exactly. And you don't necessarily, you may not necessarily feel that. Uh, the effects of that robbery until you go there and you realize, oh my God. <laughs> That's how I felt. They lied. They lied. They scammed the shit out of us. No, they should never call, you know, African scammer. No, no, no. European scammer all day. European scammers. I'm scared for the <laughs> European scammers. Period. Because, <laughs> you know, once, right when you touch down, bro, everything's black. And I specifically... Not to throw any shade, but uh, Ghana's airport is way better than Togo's. At least the one in Lome. I don't know if there's others. However, when we set foot finally in Ghana, in Ghana's airport, I was like, oh my God, this is is Wakanda. Like, this is black excellence. The way that the, the systems in place are so smooth. And and they're so polite. So polite, professional. So welcoming. I was just like, this is insane. Like, this is so, this is one of the best airports I've ever had. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I mean, I've ever experienced, you know? Like, and I've been to a few around the world. And so I was very um, impressed and happy. And I was just like, yep, right here on the, the surface, the, the shallowest of levels. Like, you must go as a Black person. You must go to West Africa just to experience that, right? And then on a deeper level, and it doesn't really matter what religion or spirituality you you practice, there's something innate that takes place once you're back in West Africa. Mm-hmm. It is like, <laughs> I don't know, everything starts to make sense. So much clarity mm-hmm. ha- takes place, you know what I'm saying? Like... I specifically experienced the sun in different ways. Girl. <laughs> I was like, oh, they got two suns. Right. 
The sun is so beautiful, by the way. So beautiful. It's warm. You could like low-key um sun gaze the other thing is the brown that i got like i've right. know for sure that you get different types of tans in different lands mm-hmm. and the brown that i got from africa oh yes. baby butter <laughs> butter butter Shining. i look so good yes so healthy so even yeah oh my goodness do we even Yes. Damn near baby skin. Shut up. This, this is, this is the, the different type of sun. That's for sure. Yes. So everything, it, it hits different. That's mm-hmm. what I'll say. And I feel like you become more aware. If you allow it to hit different and just be present in those moments, you learn a lot. And I think what you learn is that everything that we need to be healthy, to thrive, to survive, to all the things um, has already exists. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you learn that you don't need to be dependent or reliant upon the systems that you're used to in the US. Mm -hmm. And I think that's extremely powerful once you come, go there and you um, experience that, that feeling of true independence, from the shackles you know the mental slavery that we're we're all experiencing here it's um it's freeing and yeah it doesn't matter what religion or you know whatever you practice like this is a black thing this is an african thing and um i wish that everyone will get the opportunity to experience that emancipate yourself from mental slavery okay none but ourselves can free our minds Mm. (laughs) that was bob marley though yes but girl you're absolutely right um the systems and the powers that be in the united states become completely irrelevant when you go to another country and you realize how much opportunity and how much space and how much you can slow down um and how much you can be loved Mm-hmm. and how things can be very simplified mm-hmm. like you if you don't feel well go sit in the sun like but you would never think to do that here in the u.s mm-hmm. like you now i do hospital. because i've been to <laughs> africa right mm-hmm. i'm like oh yeah today i didn't wake up feeling too right i need i definitely need sun today mm-hmm. but um but prior to going to west africa i never really thought like that no definitely not because well let's be very clear we had to heal ourselves when we were in west africa. that part too <laughs> let's be very clear um lol we might as well y'all we got covid <laughs> we got covid 19 covid 19 <laughs> the vid in and- west africa I ain't mad. I thought it was a blessing. It it did. It turned out to be an incredible blessing. We first thought we were being scammed, like a mug. They just want money. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, they it's because we got tested in a group and they knew we was American, and the tests aren't free. So we were like, oh yeah, they scamming on us. I have a cold, but that yeah. ain't COVID though. That's and just a it cold. was a it was a nostril test. No, no, no. Was it? It was a throat test. Yeah. As opposed to nostril. And we right. were like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Right. Get this nose. What yeah. are you doing? You get this nose <laughs> and you hit this corner right here, it should be negative. But you get in the throat. And you, you always be having it in the throat. What are you saying right now? That's just a little phlegm. 
Yo, yo, but it was a blessing, y'all, because we stayed in Africa for another, what, 10, 10 days? days? Yeah. Because we That's had COVID, insane. but God was on our side because we didn't have any severe symptoms. We, mm -hmm. we experienced it as we would a flu or a cold. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, it's a little annoying. There's phlegm, there's headaches, X, Y, Z. But what we did learn is how to heal ourselves with natural remedies from the continent. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, the way that they reacted to us put us at ease. They kept our mental high. Nobody was scared of us um, or COVID for that matter. Mm -hmm. And we spent a lot of time in the sun. We spent a lot of time um, drinking rum and and coffee and nutmeg and garlic the raw. tincture yeah a tincture it was a tincture um but essentially we were able to really observe healing on our own bodies naturally mm -hmm. yep it was all of that it was a true blessing to and not only like to learn all these things or just to you know um commit them to um consistent practice but also what a better place to have covid than west africa and Thank not you. even west and yes west africa but more specifically lome togo like mm -hmm. a beach town a beach town where it's just chill vibes is good food and beaches beaches <laughs> We were at Pure Plage. I love Pure Plage. Pure Plage is my space. That's we, my place. I know. She wants to buy the spot. I will buy Pure Plage one day. I'm not opposed at all. It's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous boutique hotel, restaurant. They have incredible food. We, I'm going to do something about them flies, though. We are going to do something about <laughs> all the flies. Okay. <laughs> The flies were present. I'm not even going to hold you. Yeah. They was uh, really attacking Katie. Okay, Katie was upset. I was swinging. I had to fight for my life. Oh. I was eating this cheeseburger at Hotel Sarakawa, which I will not oh. go back to. Oh, my God. No, those flies are disrespectful. <laughs> Pure Plaza's flies are not as disrespectful as that place. That place? Those mm. flies acted like they paid half the tab. No, for real. Like, they... I had to decide... <laughs> Did I want my burger or my fries? <laughs> and I had to leave the table and I left my fries behind. I said, y'all can, can have the fries. I'll take the burger. And, and they helped themselves to those damn fries. They sure did. Oh my God. You know, I love fries. So yeah, yeah. We're doing something about the flies. <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so we, we ended up testing positive for covid i mean yeah. it was pretty inevitable we we partied like it was 1996 when it, <laughs> on, on new year's eve that's definitely yeah where we got covid <laughs> because there was hella people in town because you know ghana is lit in december as we now know mm -hmm. <laughs> personally and it was just that it was like the nighttime experience the nighttime ghana experience of my dreams i had so much fun and we definitely got COVID. We was taking shots back. We had a little table situation little <laughs> at the front and back, front and back bar. Front and back bar was bumping that night. Bumping. The, the, the DJ was killing it. We was screaming in each other's faces. I was bumping sides on the dance floor with homeboy. Like, it pouring was, up rosé. 
It was an incredible evening. <laughs> we forgot COVID-19 existed. I had no idea I was ever in danger of catching COVID. Like, I don't know what made me think that, but I did feel like, oh, yeah, COVID exists. But, but if I life. haven't gotten it in L.A. by this point, and it's like it was rolling up on, you know, almost a year with COVID around. I was like, if I haven't gotten it in L.A., I'm damn sure not going to get it. In Ghana, I was like, their cases are mad low. Right. Just because they ain't recording them cases. That's all that is. Them cases, son. <laughs> they are not testing people. <laughs> They're not recording those cases. The only people that get tested are the people that come in from the airport, and that's it. Yeah, literally. But once COVID spreads, it spreads, honey. So... And they're um, also not dying nearly at the rate in which people in the U.S. are dying. No, definitely. So that's another factor. It's like, yeah, there's a lot. There's probably way more COVID cases in Ghana than, you know, their numbers um, reflect. Mm-hmm. However, they're also not dying, like, mm-hmm. at, a, at a high rate at all. Well, they did say, you know, with malaria being something that they dealt with for years, um, COVID and malaria have very similar symptoms, and very similar things that need to be treated. So they had a lot of systems in place to handle those types of viruses. No wonder they gave us malaria medication. They gave us malaria medication. (laughs) And that's why everything about it was like, wow, no shade or disrespect because COVID is real, but it's not what they told us, at least when it comes to most of us. Mm -hmm. Um, And the cause for panic is really unhealthy and manipulative. Yes. Agreed. Um, I remember, (laughs) I don't know if you were like in shock or whatever the case, but um, when when we first got our results, I was like... (laughs) Yeah, Katie, like, COVID is not a death sentence. You said that and just, like, sauntered away. Yeah, and then, Katie, you kind of laughed, like, but in your, like, sarcastic laugh. And I was just like, "Mm, okay, maybe we don't feel the same. Honestly, it was a rough day. Yeah. It was a hard day to find out. It's not easy to see. Positive. (laughs) Positive. Because they speak French um, in Togo, so all of our... Results were in French, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was a hard day, and and you had to just get used to it. I even had moments where I was like, "Do I have COVID brain?" Because people were saying like people lose their oh, mental wow. health and stuff like that. Because you know, I went through some stuff. Like, yeah, transitions really did happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, like I said, I think it was a blessing because it really gave me perspective on the government we have here mm-hmm. and the way that they communicate with people and what their agenda is with people for real, for real. Absolutely. Um, and I am grateful that I spent 21 days in West Africa with Michelle. Yes. Imagine that. To wrap it up and make sure that the ladies can take something from it. If you haven't grabbed something from what we said already, girl. Michelle, do you have any tips for how women or young men of the diaspora can get to West Africa? Yes, tips. It kind of depends on you, but in a general sense, I would say going with a group is a good first step. Mm -hmm. Uh, We went with the company Magic and Melanin. Shout out the founder, Bill Sevilla, my twin. Shout out. Because they changed our lives. Yes. It was an incredible um, experience being one of their 
guests. They completely booked majority of everything, right? Mm-hmm. All of our flights mm-hmm. for the most part from New Jersey mm-hmm. um, and back. And then all of our accommodations, the excursions, the nights out, the transportation, mm-hmm. the meals, mm-hmm. lots of the meals. And then the unexpected turn to house us um, at their residence <laughs> when most of us got COVID. So those of us who had to stay the extra 10 days, they were a blessing. I mean, we were treated like little princesses and little princes, princes. I mean, I thought I was a queen. I was starting to get confused. <laughs> I was very much so comfortable. And um, even though I was very homesick after a while because I need my space, I need my privacy, and I love the home that I've built here. So I was ready to get back to it. Um, however, though, that would be my tip is to find a reputable travel agency to um, be your guide on your first trip to West Africa. And Magic and Melanin is a great place to start. I know there's others, so do your research on that. Other tips, if you're going by yourself, um, maybe you have distant family there or friends there or you're going with your own group of friends, I would also then consider linking up with um, travel tourist guides and stuff that are local to that area. Mm -hmm. Um, Explore the Native being one in Ghana for sure. Explore with the Native. Explore with the Native. Mm -hmm. Um, And Jason is his name. Shout out to Jason. Shout out Jason. Very patient. (laughs) Very patient. (laughs) Very kind despite all the personalities he had to deal with so (laughs) yeah those are my tips go pricing i would say um is not out of this world they do make it difficult for black folks to come to go back to africa when in terms of the fees for visas and the fees for vaccinations we only got one vaccination and we also purchased malaria pills um we didn't end up i didn't end up finishing the malaria pills nor i yeah so um that's some cost associated i really don't remember the entire cost that was spent but i but that's just one thing like i'm not checking really the price tag because the experience Experience. was priceless absolutely so you heard it here first. You definitely should consider traveling to West Africa or consider traveling to countries where the people are black. I mean, it will truly change your life. The first time that I traveled somewhere like that was Jamaica and I cried at the airport. I did not want to go back. I did mm-hmm. not want to go back. So trust me, sis, bro, king, queen, you need to be in a space where your skin is not looked at as a weapon. Mm. And with that being said, I highly recommend traveling to West Africa. And that wraps up our questions for you, Michelle. Special, special, special thank you to you. Here at the BAGS headquarters, we are on a mission to take Black American girls from living to thriving. And we appreciate you sharing some tools with us to get there. I appreciate being here. Ooh, so let the queens know how they can find you. Yes, so I'm primarily on IG at Shelly Monique. That's with a C. 
And then also check out michelleburney.com. It's new, it's fresh, and it gives you a lot more context into what it is that I do because we learn here today. I'm a very private person, but I do like to share and I'm going to do more of it. So yes, follow me on IG and check out michelleburney.com for more information on me. And one more time, the bags pilot is available for viewing on Vimeo. We have merch available at shopforbags.store mm -hmm. to support the brand and are slowly but surely filling that product line up. Yes. So leave us some reviews. We have products, we have a podcast, and we have a production to talk about. <laughs> we do it all and we do this for us. So your voice and feedback will surely be heard here. Engage with us on social at bag series and tell us this. Chapter closed.